This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show on Faith Talk 1500. First, let me say this show's your show. That's why no matter what I discuss or which guest I interview, your input is valued. If it's in the news, on TV, at the movies, whether political, social, economic, whatever, at some point I'm talking about it on Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. on Faith Talk 1500. Praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome to Bible Talk. Uh, This is Evangelist Anita Campbell here with you tonight, and as we always do, we are going to go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come this morning or this afternoon before you in the name of Jesus. Father, we're asking that you go before us. You said in your word that in all of our ways to acknowledge you and that you would direct our path. And so, Father, we're asking tonight that you would speak to our hearts, Lord. We pray for our listeners, um, those that are just tuning in, those that are coming home from work, those that are at home discouraged, depressed, duressed, going through bereavement, those that are sick in body, cancer, diabetes, Lord. We just come right now, Lord, and we are asking that you would just have your way. We're asking, God, we know that you're the God who heals. And so, Father, those that are in need of healing, we're asking that you touch their bodies right now in the name of Jesus. Those that are just tired and just going through right now, Father, we are coming to you. Lord, you said in your word to enter into your gates with thanksgiving, to come into your courts with praise, and to be thankful and to bless your name. So, Lord, we're asking you tonight to just have your way, that you be glorified in our broadcast tonight. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, we honor you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so tonight we're going to be dealing with one of my favorite topics, and it's prayer, talking to the God of heaven. And we as believers, I don't believe we realize the importance of spending time with the Lord in prayer, talking to him constantly, because our brain are always working, it never gets shut off. And so... A constant communication with the Lord while you're driving to work, talking to the Lord. You pass an ambulance on the, um, on the road. You're praying for the person that is in there, that if they don't know Christ, that they'll have an opportunity, that they won't die, that they would get an opportunity to come to the Lord. Just so much we can do. Someone cut you off in traffic, that's an opportunity to pray for them and their family. That's a person you would have never prayed for. But now that they just cut you off, instead of getting upset, you just turn that into a prayer. And ask the Lord to not only pray for them, but their entire family, their entire circle of influence. So that's another way we can pray. But tonight we're going to look at prayer. Because um, I don't believe in the body of Christ that we understand the importance of prayer. Prayer, that is a communication that you have in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I guess we could call it relational communication in a relationship. So we go before the Lord, and because we are in this relationship, and that is so awesome, and we got to start there because um, the Scripture tells us that for as many as received him to them, in John chapter 1 and verse 12, for as many as received him 
to them, the ones that receive him, he gave them the right to become sons, even to them that believe on his name. So in a relationship, you have that in your corner. That's one thing about being a Christian. You have that um, access to the Lord. Because, you know, we know in John nine thirty one, he said that God does not hear sinners, but he hears the prayer of the, of, of the man that is righteous and a worshiper of God. So he's not obligated to hear anyone else's prayer but his children. But when we call upon him, he's not going to ignore our call. Call unto me. So in that relationship, so we call on him. First Peter uh, chapter 3 and verse 12 also says that the eyes of the Lord are over who? The righteous, those that are living right, righteous living, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So we know. All right, so as we're looking at prayer, I'm going to just um, uh, just, uh, just a little def- definition of what prayer is. And just basically the definition of prayer is talking to God talking to our Father, the God of creation, the one that made us. We don't realize the awesome privilege of being able to go to God. I mean, it's more important than any important person in the world. It's more important than talking to the president. It's more important than talking to your boss. I mean, it, this is the, 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 it doesn't get any higher than this. And we have an opportunity to go boldly, like it says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, that we can go boldly to the throne of grace, where we may find help in the time of need. We have the opportunity to do that. God has, Jesus died on the cross so that we can have access to the Father. And so, um, and, and while I'm here thinking of this, there's only one mediator between God and man, and that's a man, Jesus Christ. But we have an opportunity to go to God ourselves, and we go through Jesus Christ because of what he's done for us. Jesus is the way. He's the truth and he's the life, and no one comes to the Father but by him. So let's look at our definition here. What is prayer? It is talking to God. It's not just meditating and, you know, just passively sitting there, you know, um, in your prayer time. But you are talking to God. And, I mean, he invites you to do this. Can you imagine? You have the God of heaven. And, and when you think about who it is that you're talking to, that's the awesome thing. Sometimes you go into the presence of the Lord, and I know for myself when I think of his attribute of who I'm talking to, I am talking to the God of heaven. <clears throat> and I like it when I look in the Bible, in the, especially in the New Testament, the Old Testament, and in the New, but mainly in the Old Testament, when you see that they called on the God of heaven. And I mean the way they pour out their heart, because you can see they remind God of who he is. So when you go into his presence, you have to know who he is you're going to. Um, in the New Testament, when Jesus, the disciples, when they saw Jesus praying, they saw Jesus praying all the time. He did nothing without prayer. And so when he selected the, the disciples, Jesus prayed. Uh, when he was um, on the cross, he prayed. When he raised Lazarus, he prayed. Everything that Jesus did, he did it in prayer. <clears throat> in John chapter 5 and verse 30, Jesus said, I do nothing on my own initiative. He goes to the Father. What do you think we need to do? <laughs> we we often start projects. I was just talking to a friend a, a few days ago. We start projects as believers and, and, and in the church. We have these assignments, we, we, things we have that we want to do. 
And then we set them up. Okay, on, you know, January 31st, we're going to have this, that, and the other. Nobody prayed to the Lord about it now. They just made the plan, and they're just going with it. Who is the boss here? I think we have it reversed. We need to go to God to see if we should even do that thing. He might not want you to have that event this year. But you just run ahead and you set it up. You set up the date. No one prays about it afterwards. Afterwards, they want you to pray to bless this thing. But we need to go to the Lord first. In all of your ways, it says, to acknowledge in Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's you. That's number one. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then number two, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't even try to figure it out. And then in everything that you're doing, that's number three, in everything that you're doing, you acknowledge God. And then God comes along and he directs your path. You go to him first. He's a boss. In all your ways, if you want good success, you have to put God first. And so that's the thing that prayer allows us to do because when we are talking to him in communication, always going over in our mind, and then when you keep that um, open communication, when you sin, you know, it's, it's there. You know immediately that something is wrong with your communication line. And so you go to God and you confess your sin and not only just tell him that you've done something wrong, but you want to make sure that you let him know that you recognize that you grieve the heart of God. When we sin, we grieve God's heart. Not only we don't just break the law, we also grieve the heart of God. And so that's the thing we want to make sure that we are in that walking closely with the Lord. One scripture that really um, keeps me going, and I, I just love it. And if you read it you, um, in the, um, this gospel, you could easily f- just run over it. And sometimes we don't stop and park and meditate on God's word. Or we don't even look at, we don't study it inductively to see who and what it's saying. But here in Mark chapter 3, this scripture always is in my mind. And it says here in uh, Mark chapter 3 and verse 13, And he, Jesus, went up on a mountain, and he summoned those he himself wanted, and they came to him. And then verse 14, And he appointed twelve. And if you look at this, this little phrase here, you could just rush over it. So that... They would be with him. The first call, our relationship with the Lord, he wants you to be with him. That's what he wants. Isn't that awesome? That the God of heaven, he sent his son. He wants to have a relationship with us. And so the first appointment was that they would be with him. And then that he would send them out to preach. So your first order of business, no matter what ministry you're in, is to spend time with the Lord to be with him. That's why he called you, to be with him. And then, and that's so precious that he wants us, sinful as we are, to be with him. Spending that quality time, just you and the Lord, and sometimes you don't have to say a word. You're in his presence and you let the Lord know, I'm here right now, Lord, I want to just spend this time with you. And you just get a piece of paper because, you know, something is going to come to your heart. And you write it down. I have so many little lists of things to do that have been on my heart. And I get them when I'm, when I'm in a, a quiet place with the Lord. He called them to be with him. He wants us to talk to him. And so as a new year has started, let us start the new year out with this. 
that we are spending time with the God of heaven. I'm telling you. And when you recognize who he is, and when any, any situation that comes up, the first place you want to go, I know a lot of time we want to call our friends, and your friends cannot help you, literally. You want to call the God of heaven who has the answer, who already knows you have the problem. That's the thing about prayer. When you're praying, you're not praying to tell God about your situation. He already knows. He's omniscient. He knows everything, past, present, and future. So when you go to him in prayer, you're just letting him know that you need him. You're reminding yourself that I need you because God already know. And so when you come to him in Isaiah chapter 65, it said that before you call, before, that is a key word right there, before you even know you have a problem, God has the answer just waiting there for you, but you never get it. You know why? Because you never make the call. You got to make the call. And then in Jeremiah chapter 33, he says, call unto me. The God of heaven, the creator of the universe, the one that is omnipotent, omnipresent, immutable, transcendent, and eternal, and infinite, has invited you to call him. We don't realize that is so awesome, just meditating on that alone. And then you look at the handiwork of this God. You look at the the, the heavens and the, and the, the stars and all of that, and this God that made all that, has invited you to call him? That's like somebody coming up to you and say, you know what, here's my phone number, give me a call. God says for you to call him. And then he says, when you call him, not only are you going to call him, he's going to answer you. You're not going to get the busy signal. You know, sometimes you call people and, and they don't get your call. But God says, I will answer you. It doesn't get any better. And we know that God doesn't lie. So if he says he's going to answer you, That is exactly what's going to happen. And so you call him, and he said he's going to answer you. And not only is he going to answer you, according to Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3, he says he's going to show you great and mighty things that you don't even know about. Man, what a deal. And so when we read promises like this in the Bible, we can understand and know that God doesn't lie. In Numbers 23, um, verse 18, it said that God is not a man that he should lie. And then um, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18, God, it is impossible for God to lie. And then in Titus 1 and 2, it said that God cannot lie. So if he cannot lie, it's impossible for him to lie. He's not a man that he should lie. You know that everything, any, every promise that is in the word of God, you can take them to the Lord. And see, the thing about the word of God is this, that God stands over his word to do it to perform it. We don't get it done because we don't come to him. But I'm telling you, make it your your New Year's resolution to spend time with the Lord and to continuously spending time with him, talking to him throughout the day. Amen. All right, we're going to take a a break right here and we're going to be right back. Hello, friends. This is Evangelist Anita Campbell, host of Bible Talk. I've got some exciting news now. In addition to listening to us on 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap the News Talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. 
Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, talks about timeshare cancellation. If I could help everybody that has been lied to when buying a timeshare, I would. But the honest truth is, I can't. And those that are telling you that they can without knowing the specifics of your timeshare, well, they're lying too. But if you were misled when buying a timeshare, if you were told your timeshare was a great investment or your maintenance fees would never go up, I might be able to help. Ten years ago, I was sued for millions of dollars by a timeshare giant and federal court with everything to lose my home my money my kids future but i fought i won because i fought for what was right helping folks that have been lied to cancel their timeshare unfortunately we can't help everyone but i guarantee you if we take you as a client we will cancel your timeshare contract or you'll pay nothing call wesley now for your free information kit 800-515-1771 in the bible jesus says when we care for the least of these it's like we're caring for him but who are the least of these they're moms like beatrice living in guatemala where more than half the people live in extreme poverty where eight out of ten children are chronically malnourished when you pray for your children, what do you pray for them? She prays that God help her to give them at least one more day of food. So it's a daily prayer. When you partner with Food for the Poor, you bring food, water, hope, and love. Your compassion answers the prayers of moms like Beatrice. For a little less than a dollar a day, you can bring hope and love in the form of food for a year and water for life through Food for the Poor. You can make your life-saving gift now. Call 855-849-4673. 855-849-HOPE. 855-849-HOPE. Or click the Food for the Poor banner at faithtalkdetroit.com. There's a lot going on right now, and broadcasters are on the ground covering all of it, bringing you the weather, the traffic, and breaking news, all while entertaining you 24 hours a day. Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns. And that someone is us. We are free radio. We are always there. We are broadcasters. Visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more. Furnished by NAB and this station. Well, praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome back to Bible Talk. Uh, this is Evangelist Anita Campbell here with you on Bible Talk. And tonight we are dealing with prayer, praying to the God of heaven. And so um, back to the text here, as I was, I was saying, that we have such a wonderful opportunity to go to the God of heaven. And a lot of times we do everything else. And then last resort, and I hear this too, people say, well, oh, all we can do now is pray. No, the best thing, the first thing that you need to do is pray. And when you have a relationship with God and you are constantly talking to him and experiencing him answering your prayer. And when we pray to God, we're not saying that he uh, he says yes to everything because he's not some divine Santa Claus sitting up there in heaven um just waiting to do everything that you say. He is the God of heaven. He rules and he's the boss. So we take everything that we're doing since we are in his kingdom. We go to him about everything. And so what is prayer? Prayer is 
you know, just a just a, a formal definition, uh, is talking to God. It's a, a direct access to the God of heaven. It's a communication of the human soul with the creator of the soul. And it's the, the primary thing for believers to do, you know, as we come to Christ and then talking to him, communicate, let him know our emotions, what's going on and our desire, and then the fellowship that we have with him. You know, so when we have a situation, no matter how detrimental, and I stress the mental, we get those situations, you run to God. It's good to know that you have someone that you can go to. I have what I call an impossible situation envelope, and I've had it now for years, and I'm telling you, it builds your faith because when you recognize the things that you have put in there, you've asked God, some things that you wouldn't talk to anybody else about, and then things that you would. I have impossible situation on um, on the kids. I have impossible situation on myself because there are some things that I want change in my life. And so it says if, if I abide in him and his word abide in me, then I can ask. And so when I go, when I read the scriptures, for example, we today I read, I was doing a study on Romans chapter 12. I'm just asking God to show me how to do this. Let me live out the scripture. God's going to answer that scripture, that prayer, because it's his word. I'm bringing back to him what he said he wants for me to do. You know, the scripture tells us, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So, for example, you find yourself being angry. You're not, uh, you're unforgiven. And you don't want to be that way because you are you become a bad container. You're holding unforgiveness. It's like acid. Hatred. It's like acid too. It destroys the container that is sitting in. And a lot of we have a lot of believers that are angry. Angry at other believers, angry at their family. Whatever anger it is that you have, you want to turn it over to the Lord. Because it's gonna destroy you. And see when you and then you want to take vengeance on the person, you know. And that's a natural thing. The flesh wants to do that. But we have to remember that the Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So vengeance belongs to God. When you take on vengeance, guess what you're doing? You're parking in God's parking place. That spot has his name on it. You know, you see somebody parking space and it has their name on it. And then you pull up in there. You're in the wrong spot. When you take on the vengeance, you take on, you want to be God. And he said the vengeance belonged to him. So your job is to do the Matthew five forty four, which says, um, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for those that despitefully use you. That's your job, to love, bless, do good, and pray. That is the only way when it comes to being a believer. So you let God handle it. You know, and then my other little formula, you know, um, don't nurse when situation come up. Don't nurse it. Don't curse it. And don't rehearse it. What you want to do is disperse it. Give it to God and let him reverse it. And then you immerse yourself. I added another one. You immerse yourself in God's word so that you can continue to grow and be what he's called you to be. And I just realized that I haven't given out the phone number. The number to call here is 866-423-9578. Um, you can call me if you want. If you need some prayer, I will pray for you. But we are dealing with prayer. The thing that the belief, this is a lifeline for the believer. 
I believe this is a lifeline. I saw in throughout the gospel, Jesus is doing it. The men of God in the Old Testament, they did it. And when they went to God, they let him know that they know who he's talking to. And so I'm going to just go here to Daniel chapter 2. Now, Daniel had a situation. A request, um, he was requested by the king to tell the king not only the interpretation of the dream. Normally when the king asks you know, someone to come in, they're coming to give, he's going to tell them the dream, and then they give him the interpretation of the dream. In Daniel's case, that was not the case. Not only did the king want the interpretation, he wanted them to tell him what he dreamed. Isn't that, isn't that something? And so um, the king here in Daniel um, chapter 2, and I'm just going to pick up here in verse 6. Um, the, but if you declare the dream and its interpretation, that's what he's asking for, the dream and its interpretation, you will receive from me gifts and reward and great honor. Therefore, declare to me the dream and its interpretation. And they answered a second time and said, let the king tell the dream to his servant and we will declare the interpretation. The king replied, I know for certain that you are bargaining for time, inasmuch as you have seen that the command from me is firm. And if you do not make the dream known to me, um, there is only one decree for you, for you have agreed together to speak lying and corrupt words before me and the situation um, until the situation is changed. Therefore, tell me the dream that I may know what you can um, declare to me of its interpretation. So the king not just wanted them to tell him the interpretation, because that's a normal um, way of doing it. You come in, the king tells you the dream, then you tell him the interpretation. But he didn't want that this time. He wanted them to tell him what he dreamed. Now that's not easy. And so, of course, this is what he wanted. And so the Chaldean answered and said to the king, There is not a man on earth who could declare the matter for the king. Inasmuch as no great king or ruler has ever asked anything like this of any magician, conjurer, or Chaldean. Moreover, the king, the thing which the king demands is difficult, and there is no one else who could declare it to the king except God, whose dwelling place is not with mortal flesh. Because of this, the king became um, indignant and very furious, and gave order to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. So the de- decree went out, um, went forth, and the, um, that the wise men should be slain. And they looked for Daniel and his friends to kill them. Then Daniel replied with discretion and discernment to Antioch, the captain of the king's bodyguard, who had gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. So these brothers, the man was just going around, and he's going to kill all the wise men, because no one could tell the king what he dreamt. He said to Ariok, the, um, the king's commander, For what reason is the decree of the king so urgent? Then Ariok informed Daniel about the matter. So Daniel went in and requested of the king that he would give him time in order that he might declare the interpretation to the king. Then Daniel went to his house and informed his friends, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego um, about the matter so that they might request compassion from the God of heaven. See, Daniel knew 
that there's only one person that um, he could go to. There's only one place that he could go, the God of heaven. There is a God in heaven. And this is what I, I am my prayer for the body of, of Christ, that we know that there is a God in heaven. He is a provider. He is a healer. Everything that we need, he has it. And all we need to do is to go to him. And so Daniel went and told his friends, and they went to the one source that could solve the problem. And it says he went to the God of heaven concerning the mystery so that Daniel and his friends would not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. So it says here, then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel, you know, after the Lord answered his prayer, what did he do? He blessed the God of heaven. He blessed the God. Do we do that when God blesses us? Do we, when, when he answers our prayer, do we, do we take time and thank him? Or we, we just run off with the answer? Look at what Daniel did. Daniel said this, Let the name of God be blessed forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him, the God of heaven. It is he, this God of heaven, who changes a time, an epoch. He removed king, this God of heaven does that, and establishes king. He, the God of heaven, give wisdom to the wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. It is he, this God of heaven, who reveal the profound, the profound and hidden things. He, the God of heaven, knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells in him. To you, O God of my Father, I give thanks and praise. For you, the God of heaven, have given me wisdom and power. Even now you have made known to me what we requested of you. For you have made known to us the king's matter. Therefore Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon, and he went and spoke to him as follows. Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. So he not only did he save his life and his friend, but the whole, um, all the wise men of Babylon. He said, take me into the king's presence, and I will declare the interpretation to the king. Then Ariak hurriedly brought Daniel into the king's presence and spoke to him as follows. I have found a man among the exile from Judah who can make the interpretation known to the king. And the king said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered before the king and said, As for the mystery about which the king has inquired, neither wise men, um, uh, magician, or diviners are able to declare it to the king. However, there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he, this God of heaven, has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will take place in the latter days. This was your dream and the vision in your mind while you were on your bed. I mean, this is awesome. Daniel went to the God of heaven and he laid it out. And God showed up and showed out. He not only tell him the interpretation, or he not only told him the dream, he told the king where he was when he had the dream. He said, this was your dream and the vision in your mind while on your bed. Look at God. This is the kind of God we have. And we don't want to pray. The body of Christ, we need to go to God in prayer about everything. He created us to be in relationship, to be in communication with him. 
he, the call, you saw in, in uh, Mark chapter 3 that he called them to be with him and to have communication with them. That's what he wants. And so a lot of us, we run to God when we are in trouble. Try that in your human relationship. If you only go to someone, when they only hear from you when you are in trouble. You don't, they don't hear from you any other time. But as soon as trouble comes, they're hearing from you. They can even set the clock to know that when they hear you, it is going to be about some trouble. And we don't want to be that way. When you have a relationship with the God of heaven. So I, my advice, get to know the God of heaven. Because if you don't know him, you're not going to run to him. And see, this is the thing with the impossible situation envelope. Because when you put a request in, and I advise you to put the date on your little index card. I put my, my prayer on index card. Sometimes, I put, if, depending on how long they are, I'll write them out. Because I'm pouring my heart out to the Lord. And so it's long sometime and I have it on a, you know, a, a, a sheet of paper. But for the most part, they're on index card. And I write the date down. And I write the condition I am in emotionally. Like this thing is, is, is distressing. It's, it's, you know, it's causing me to lose sleep. And I really don't lose sleep. I, when I lay down, I'm gone. But... Um, you know, if a situation is, if you have a situation like that and you write it down, because I'm telling you, as you're writing it down, you're doing first Peter five, seven, you are casting your cares on him, knowing that he is going to care for you. And so it is awesome. So when I drop my situation in that envelope, I am casting it and the burden it's, you know, I don't feel so, so uptight about it anymore because I've done something with it. I have given it to the God of heaven, the one that can solve the problem. And let me tell you, he shows up and he shows out. And so I see over and over in the scriptures where men of God, when they have a problem, they go to the God of heaven. And I'm telling you, and so I'm going to look at some of the uh, scriptures here tonight because this is Bible talk, right? So prayer is described in the Bible as seeking God's favor and in Exodus chapter 32, and we can turn there for those of you who um, are not driving, you know, um, that you can uh, just look at um, Exodus chapter 32 and verse 11 to see what it says here. And um, verse 11 of Exodus chapter 30, um, 34, and it says this, Be sure to observe what I'm commanding you this day. Behold, I'm going to drive out the Amorite before you and the Canaanite, and the Hittite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Watch yourself that you make no covenant. So here you see that, um, and I read the wrong chat for, um, scripture, actually. Which I'm supposed to read Exodus 32, ele- um, verse 11. I was kind of thinking, what? why didn't it say what I thought it was going to say? All right, here we are. Exodus chapter 32, verse 11. Then Moses entreated the Lord, his God, and said, O Lord, why does your anger burn against your people whom you have brought out from the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? See, Moses plead with the Lord. The people came and broke the first commandment that they swore that they were going to obey. They said, the voice of the Lord we have heard and we will obey. And so here... um. They broke the first commandment, and so God was going to destroy them. And so Moses entreated the Lord, interceded for these people. You know, and Moses could have, um, when God told him, you know, that um, 
you know, God spoke to Moses and said, go down at once in verse 7. He said, go down at once for your people, Moses, your people whom you brought up from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. So Moses quickly went and, and plead for the people so that God would not destroy them because it was rightly so. Because they said, they made a covenant with God on Mount Sinai. The, the commandment was read, was read and the people heard it. And they said, the voice of the Lord we have heard and we will obey. And then an animal was killed and a covenant was sealed. And so here they broke the first commandment. They made another God. Um, and so that, and that's the first commandment. Thou shall have no other gods before me. And so the Lord anger burned. But Moses entreated the Lord, you know, interceded for them. He could have just said, okay, I can just see my name up there, the children of Moses. But he didn't do that. He interceded for the people. We're going to take a break right here, and we'll be right back. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Emery Moss, host of Bible Talk. I've got some exciting news. Now, in addition to listening to us on 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap the News Talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. PatriotSoftware.com Accounting and payroll Keep your time and money Mike Cappell here, serial entrepreneur. Doing payroll is no longer a headache for our customer, Jeff. I've used various payroll providers in the past, and none can hold a candle to Patriot Software. Their software is ridiculously easy to use. The support staff is knowledgeable and courteous. I am very excited that Patriot Software files my tax forms for me, not just providing the forms like other payroll companies do. As a business owner, managing payroll has been a long-time headache that I no longer struggle with thanks to Patriot Software. I definitely rate your company five out of five stars. Go to PatriotSoftware.com to get your payroll pricing for up to 100 employees. Use promo code RADIO and get two months of payroll processing free. That's PatriotSoftware.com. PatriotSoftware.com. Accounting and payroll. Keep your time and money. Hello, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'll be joining the team at Salem Media Group in the summer of 2020 on a scenic cruise to Alaska. I'd like to extend a warm invitation to you to join us. I've been before, and Alaska is a spectacular place where God's design and His majesty are constantly on display. Glaciers, mountains, and untamed wildlife. If you've ever contemplated exploring this inspiring frontier, now is your opportunity especially as we will enjoy all of these wonders from the comfort of our first-class cruise ship. The week will be filled with more than just awe-inspiring landscapes and quaint seaside ports, as Laura's story leads us in our worship, and as we turn to God's Word as a compass for our time together. For more information and to book your trip today, visit faithtalkdetroit.com and search keyword Alaska. MotorCityHelpWanted.com Salutes the employee of the month. The one employee you can't live without. The others, let's just call them Dave. What are you doing, Dave? We need help with payroll. I'm doing squats, Mr. Employee of the Month. I'm taking your advice. I'm working my butt off. That's not what I meant. Glutes of steel. Feel them. 
Right here. Oh, Dave, now I have to call HR. We believe local businesses should be packed with more local employees of the month and fewer Daves. We make it easy to post a job, and it's local so you won't get spammed by faraway job seekers. MotorCityHelpWanted.com. Local jobs that work. Praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome to Bible Talk. Welcome back. And we are dealing with prayer tonight, calling on the God of heaven, the creator of the universe, the one that is omnipotent, omnipresent, immutable, transcendent, eternal, infinite. This God, transcendent. All right, the number to call here is 866-423-9578 to be a part of um, the discussion here. Um, I know a lot of you are writing things down, and that's good because you want to have it because I'm telling you, situations are coming up, and you're going to need to know how to get a hold of the God of heaven. And it starts with a relationship with him. So as we're looking at prayer here, we're looking at um, what the, uh, some of the things that the Bible described. Um, you know, it's, that prayer is described as in the Bible. And so we mentioned um, Exodus chapter 32 and verse 11, where Moses is entreating the Lord. The children of Israel have sinned against God. They have broke the first commandment, broken God's law. And so Moses is um, entreating the Lord on their behalf. Um, that's in Exodus thirty-two eleven. 11. Um, now we're going to 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 15. And prayer is also considered as pouring out your soul to the Lord. When you have those distressing situations that is going on, it is good to be able to get yourself in a quiet place and just pour it out to the Lord. It, it beats, it saves you some money paying a psychologist or a psychiatrist because you have to tell them the problem, but we already have a wonderful counselor. And he, uh, this counselor is so wonderful that you don't even have to tell him the problem. He already knows what the problem is. He has a solution to your problem, and it's free. So, um, so that's why we want to have this you know, opportunity. And I just want to leave these scriptures with you because let me tell you, situations are going to come up. And you want to start not just thinking about it, have it written down, but you want to put it in practice because the, the devil would love it. You can write all day long and write down all the information. And if you never review it again, hey, he doesn't care if you come to church and hear the word of God and write it down. No, the question is, are you going to do it? Doing it, that's where the action is. You want to do it. And the scripture tells us to not to be hearers of the word, but doers as well. We've got to do the word. All right, now let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 1 um, and verse 15. And um, I'm going to just uh, reading to it, um, uh, into this uh, um, scripture. Now, we, this is Hannah, and she went to Eli the priest. And, of course, you know that um, Hannah was barren, um, couldn't have children, and um, she was being teased by um, her husband, other wife, Penina. And so her heart um, was just hurt. And so I'm going to start actually in verse 12. Now it came about as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli was watching her mouth. As for Hannah, she was speaking in her heart. Only her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. So Eli thought that she was drunk. Then Eli said to her, How long will you make yourself drunk? Put away your wine from you. But Hannah replied, No, my Lord. I am a woman oppressed in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, 
but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. That's what we need to do. That is what in the scripture, in the Bible, when you pour out your soul to the Lord, you go to the Lord and you call on him. I'm, I'm telling you, it is such a, you get such a relief when you, and when it talks about pouring out your soul um, in uh, Jeremiah 33, call on to me. It, that means that you call aloud. Sometimes you've got to shut yourself up in your car because if you cry aloud in the house, they might think you have lost your mind and they may call the rubber truck to take you for some medication. So a lot of time you have to go by yourself. But sometimes I get in my car, I go to the park, and I just call aloud to the Lord. I let him know what's going on. I let him know, you know, what's bothering me. And I just pour it out. I lay it out. So I understand what Hannah is doing here, pouring out her soul before the Lord. Because he made that soul. He's the one that can can um, fix that soul because he made it. So when you come out and you're broken and you're hurt and you know, and a, and a lot of time we have a lot of bottled up issues, you know, things that have happened to us while we were children, um, couldn't do anything about it, um, just whatever abuse that we have taken and all of that, you can go to God. And I'm telling you, when you write it down, you, you, you just or lock yourself up in your car at the park and just call out to God and just let him know that you need divine intervention, that you don't know what to do like King Jehoshaphat prayed. He said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Letting God know, I'm telling you, that is where you get a relationship. You get to know God because you're going to him about everything. And when you do that, I'm telling you, you don't have to tell anyone else. You just, and sometimes it's so exciting when you just tell it to the Lord alone. And when he shows up and show out, you know it's him because you never said it to anyone else. And so that is awesome. That is an awesome thing. So prayer, as the Bible described it, is seeking God or entreating God's favor like Moses did in Exodus 32 and verse 11. Pouring out one's soul to the Lord in um, 1 Samuel chapter 1 and um, 13 through 15. And then you're crying out to the God of heaven. And this scripture is um, it's in Second Chronicle um, chapter 32 and 20, but... It's also in Isaiah, and I like the account um, in Isaiah because he, you see what the prayer was, what he said when he went before the God of heaven. So here in um, Isaiah chapter 37, and we're going to look start here at verse 14, um, King Hezekiah has a situation, and he is going before the God of heaven. But before I get there, we're going to take a break right here, and we'll be right back. This is Long Hee Chen of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. The people of Taiwan have just re-elected incumbent President Tsai Ing-wen to another four years in office. It was a resolute expression of democracy just under 100 miles from mainland China, in a place where freedom has flourished in the shadow of authoritarianism. The recent protests in Hong Kong were a catalyst for the incumbent president, who rode warnings about China's increasing desire to impose regional hegemony to a resounding victory. Taiwan is a trusted ally of the United States. Our people share a love of freedom, a belief in the rule of law, and an understanding that free markets and free people are fundamental to a flourishing society. Taiwan's election reaffirmed the desire of its people to draw closer to the West and to the United States in particular. And our leaders should do what they can to ensure that the U.S.-Taiwan relationship remains strong and vibrant for years to come. I'm Lan He Chan. Alliance Defending Freedom. Protecting Religious Liberty. Check the ad at townhallreview.com. 
Hello, friends. This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win. I've got some exciting news in addition to listening to us on Faith Talk FM 92.7 and AM 1500. You can now stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap Choose News Talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-797-5868. 800-797-5868. That's 800-797-5868. Hi, this is Greg Bryant, General Sales Manager for Salem Media Group Detroit. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to either Faith Talk Detroit or The Patriot Detroit. If you love one of these stations and you have experience in outside sales, we'd love to talk to you. Call me directly to inquire how Salem Media might provide an opportunity that's right. Call Greg Bryant at 248-581-1221. That's 248-581-1221 to learn more about our available positions. If you love us, come join us and make a career move that's right for you. Praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome back to Bible Talk. This is Evangelist Anita Campbell here with you, and tonight we are dealing with prayer, talking to the God of heaven, the King of the universe. And we are going here, we're dealing with prayer, um, and so far we have talked about how the Bible describes, prayer is described in the Bible as seeking God's favor. And we saw that in Exodus chapter 32 and verse 11, pouring out your soul to the Lord. We saw Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 15. And now we're going to um, King Hezekiah as he cried out to heaven. So here in um, Isaiah chapter 37, King Hezekiah has received a letter uh, from the king of Assyria and just of just a reproach um, um, to the God of heaven. And so um, an insult to the God, you know, to our God. And so um, Hezekiah, when he got the letter, and in verse 14, but you want to read um, chapter 37 for yourself because you're going to just be so blessed. But um, this is what the king said. He said, Thus you shall say to Hezekiah, king of Judah, Do not let the Lord your God in whom you trust deceive you, saying, Jerusalem will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. So Hezekiah, when he got the letter, and I'm going to just skip down to verse 14. When Hezekiah got the, received the letter, Hezekiah took the letter from the hand of the messenger, and he read it. And he went up into the house of the Lord, and he spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, and this is what he said. O Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, who is enthroned above the cherubim, 
You are God, you alone, of all the kingdom of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see, and listen to all the words of Sennacherib, who was sent to reproach the living God. Truly, O Lord, the king of Assyria has devastated all the countries and their land, and have cast their God into the fire, for they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone, so they have destroyed them. Now, O Lord our God, deliver us from the hand that all the kingdom of the earth may know that you alone are God. And then here is the answer, because when you cry out to God, God answers. It's either yes, no, or wait. But here is the answer from God. In verse 21, he said, Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent word to Hezekiah, saying, This is what the Lord says. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Because you have prayed to me about Sennacherib, king of Assyria. Isn't that awesome? God said, Just because you came to me. You didn't go anywhere else. You came to me. God is gonna, God's about to show up and show out. And so for the sake of time, we're going to fast forward to verse um, 33 to see what the God did to the king of Assyria. And here it is. Verse 33 of Isaiah chapter 37. Therefore, thus says the Lord, concerning the king of Assyria, he will not come to the city or shoot an arrow there. And he will not come before it with a shield or throw up a siege ramp against it. By the way he came, by the same way he will return. And he will not come to the city, declares the Lord. And then here is why he won't come to the city. For I, the Lord, will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. Then the angel of the Lord went out and struck 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And um, when men arose early in the morning, behold, there were all dead bodies, corpse. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and returned home and lived in Nineveh. It came about as he was worshiping in the house of Nisroch, his god, that Adramelech and Shazerah, his sons, killed him with the sword, and they escaped into the land of Ararat. And Irshaddon, his son, became king in his place. You see what it means here? When you call on the God of heaven, Hezekiah got the word. And what did he do first before he called anybody else? He went to the God of heaven and he reminded God. He said, the God that dwells between the cherubim, God of heaven, he called on the God of heaven. And so when you cry out to God, God wants you to come to him. And you saw in, um, in Hezekiah's case, it, God was so happy that he came. He said, because, just because you came to me, I'm going to show up and show out on your behalf. This is an exciting thing. So I just want to um, let you know. And then we have two more scripture um, here, at, according to what the, the Bible says about praying. It's drawing near to God. And we see in Psalms 145 and verse 18, it says, um, draw near, you know, the Lord is near to those who call upon him, to those who call upon him in truth. When you're calling on him, you're praying. He is near to those who call upon him. That alone would be enough reason to want to pray. When you, when you call on him, he is near. And then kneeling before the Father. 
and praying in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14. Just going before the God of heaven. That is drawing near to God. And when you come, and if you don't even know what to do, if it's new to you, in prayer, just sit there in the presence and just let the Lord know, Lord, I've got 15 minutes and I just want to sit in your presence. I'm going to sit quiet. I just want to just to be with you. Because the call, the first call, is to be with him. God wants us to be with him. A holy God made a way that we may come into his presence, and we don't even want to do it. And so I believe that as we're going to see growth, and this is a new year, a wonderful time to get started, get an impossible situation envelope, and those problems, those things that are bothering you, you begin to write them down. You're on the job and, you know, you're so stressed out. Write it down. There's co-workers that you need to pray for because we're believers. We are supposed to be light and salt. Matthew five sixteen says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deed and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So when you um, make up in your mind on purpose, set aside time for the Lord. Just get into his presence he created you, and that's Romans, I mean, yeah, Romans chapter 12, to present your body. When you come in prayer, you are presenting yourself to the Lord. That is awesome. That alone should be, make it, you know, exciting for you to come into his presence. You are literally obeying scriptures, doing what the word of God says. So this is awesome. I pray that you put it into practice, what you've learned here. And uh, thank you for tuning in. And um, we'll be with you next time. God bless. Sponsored by Bible Bootcamp Ministry. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.